0: You're listening to Podhaven.
1: I, you know I'm going to put you saying nice trifles in before the thing starts. Well, I
0: said nice strife. Oh, no, before that. So you're not going to I thought you in... said
1: nice trifles earlier. Oh, I didn't record
2: that bit. Oh, didn't you? Nah. That's sad. So you are going to put in, like, you saying you're going to put it in and
0: then realising you can't, though, right? I mean, what I'd have done there would... As, would be to have tricked me into saying nice trifles oh! <laughs> <laughs> and that's where you cut it
1: First of all, um piss.
0: I don't want to set the
3: world. On fire. So I kinda of wanted your thoughts on
2: that. No, no so that a, was it's like that been... and that's that's what the piss is for. Like if you don't want to set the world on fire, you you just piss on it and then it puts the fire out. Well,
1: it's kind of a concept I've had
2: recently. It's called piss. Just oh yeah. Um right. what it is.
1: What it is is it's like this yellow liquid that you expel from yourself, uh-huh. and what it does is um it gets rid of all of the stuff that your body doesn't need that you you put in through your drink hole.
2: That's a really interesting concept. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure
1: nobody's thought of it before as the thing. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone has. And I, I've called it piss. It stands for piss in sink. Please, which is like please but
2: with an S on the start of it. I like it. I like it. That's good. That's good. And it sounds a lot more convenient than just you know shitting all the liquid out.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, we've got that front nozzle right on everyone. Why don't we use it for something? I know, right?
3: Welcome to the Andy Haven podcast. Oh.
1: Hello, everyone. With um, me, your host, Elodie Cunningham, Piss Wizard. And I'm I'm joined by some The haunted spooky singer. Yeah, the spooky singer co-host is here. Say your name.
0: I I was doing my impression of a ghost singing songs for you. (laughs) I, I get the sense it was somewhat overshadowed.
1: Yeah, well, we were kind of talking about piss, so...
0: Do you want to say your name? I can't argue with that. (laughs) Do you want to say your name? Alright, then I'm George Johnson this week.
2: No! That's my name! And I'm Josh Rivers. You
0: admit it!
2: I'm Josh Rivers. What? And I'm Elodie
0: Cunningham. No, I've already been Josh Rivers. What? I thought you were George Johnson. No, I I have been both already. They're taken.
1: Wait
2: i what? what I'm so confused right
0: Do you want now. us to
1: talk about video games instead of this?
2: Let's talk about video games. Talk about Elodie, I believe you you you, you found an interesting game called uh Well
1: before we talk about Abid <laughs> Um, I just wanted to update people, because when we last recorded an episode, which was like 50 whole million days ago, um, I said that I was going to play more of that Skullgirls mobile game and report back on it. Oh, yeah. I I tried a bit, but I just can't get past that level of free-to-play mobile gaminess that there is there. Like, it's more mm-hmm. egregious than most,
2: which is a shame. Once again, microtransactions have ruined video games. They've they murdered video games with a they gun. Just, they just took a big old knife. A big old knife they call Sheila. And they just they just stabbed it. <coughs> stabbed the video That's games. That's going
1: to be a fun auditory experience. There where my mm. phone buzz buzzed right near my microphone.
2: It was sensual. Um, yeah.
1: Or ad infinitum. Infinite. Oh that's what it was. Yeah. Um mm. it's, it's a upcoming German first person horror indie game. Which, um apart from the German bit, it's every worrying sounding thing you can find on Steam. But it actually looks very, very interesting. It's set in um the trenches in World War One. Uh, and you're running about, and you have to escape a big monster man who's like, he's like hanging around and he's going to kill you.
2: It's very That's pretty, pretty
1: looking, is what caught my eye most about it.
2: Yeah, the screenshots look absolutely gorgeous.
1: It looks really good in motion as well, which isn't often the case with indie horror games. I find even good ones.
2: Yeah, like, often there's, like, a lot of motion blur, and that puts me off sometimes. Like, there's actually...
1: I can't think of many 3D indie games that
2: I've thought looked
1: that pretty. It does look absolutely breathtaking. And that the, the way the um, presentation around the monster in the trailer is, if they keep up with that kind of um, atmosphere and that kind of creepiness level... Uh, I
2: think it's going to be a really good horror game. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really interesting in seeing in seeing where it goes.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting setting for a horror game as well. And I, um, not many. I don't think there's many games that have done World War One that haven't just been straight laced World War One. Yeah, there's a bunch there's, of World War II stuff.
2: Few, there been very few, very few that um, explore World War One as a setting outside of. Shooters or strategy games, yeah, or like World War One, war centric plotlines. Mm. There's not um, many it's... that use the setting of World War One
1: to explore a different kind of um, genre or idea.
2: Exactly, yeah. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see where this goes.
0: Yeah, I did yeah. like the few screenshots I saw of the trenches. Because mm-hmm. my my main concern that well oh, my main concern was just like hearing that it was like set in trenches and whatnot I figured it was kind of at risk of being just sort of like bland know, yeah look ki- a kind brown, of like, bland drab? brown a series drab? of just like brown floors and walls in this kind of yeah. vaguely labyrinthine setup where which jump is, scares can happen
1: easily which is what you'd expect from that description yeah. if you hadn't seen mm. anything about it because they, um, they've
0: managed to like go to an effort to make it like genuinely creepy looking instead of just dark and
1: also allowing it to be colorful yeah something being creepy and colorful at the same time is always a bit of a win in my book yeah, yeah but, like, they've injected a little is... bit of
0: style into it rather than just like making just some brown holes in the ground for you to walk through which is what you would typically Definitely expect yeah. and what I'm sure exists in some form as a game already. Yeah. Color is always
2: a seriously underutilized tool in horror games. Mm. Like color mm. can make things so effective like BioShock. The first BioShock game was really quite scary at times. It was more of a it was more of a thriller, I think, with horror horror elements than it was a straight up horror game. But it it was it was a really really colourful world, but it was colourful in a really unsettling way.
1: Yeah. Hmm. I think. Um. Yeah. But, um. It's it's not a horror game, but my main issue with the original release of Halo 2 was that it was the most drab, boring-looking game that oh, I've yeah. ever seen. It was mm. so... Like, it didn't look especially bad, but compared to the first Halo...
2: Which, which was... had, like, giant, giant outstretched, like, spanning gra- green grass and... And all of these different colorful, vibrant environments, yeah. and then Halo Two.
1: Halo Two, like even the places that are um, set in places that are supposed to look like that, like on the second Halo ring and stuff, mm. it just looked like um, barren rock and then a bit of drab green. And I think they they did that's one of the things that they fixed well in the, um, the, the remake Halo. of it. But um, are you cut out for a moment? Oh, sorry. Uh sorry. I think that's one of the things they fixed pretty well in the remake. But um Yeah. Uh the the point is that um just something looking drab like that can really make a game dull and unmemorable for me, even in one of my favourite series.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I I'm completely with you on that
0: one. Well, it's also way I could never get in difficulty it. with that for a while, like yeah, I think, I think it might be a, a level of Call of Duty between like Yeah, like you could choose basically between mud brown and gunmetal grey. Then like those mm, yeah. were the two options. Occasionally there'd be blue if it was set in the future and like that that's yeah. all you get. It's actually I think it's why I, I a bit of a tangent, it's
2: why I like the um it's why I like the forty K universe so much. Like it's it's mm. this gritty, grim dark Sci-fi war future setting. Literally, where the word grimdark comes from. It is actually yeah the the origin of the term grimdark, but it has it has a lot of color, like considering the main guys are bright blue. Oh yeah, and named after their bright blueness. Indeed. I mean, the idea
0: is to sell stuff for people to paint. Oh yeah, obviously. But still, you'd you'd kind of expect the universe behind
2: it and like all of the artwork and the video games and the, and like all like any any piece of artwork that's officially tied to it and also fan art which obviously draws its influence from the official art yeah like it always looks really really
1: it allows it to st- itself it to be both realistic and creepy and kind of cartoonish at the same time exactly like between the colors and the way they do proportions and stuff
2: yeah, no, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think it was, um... It, another case was a lot of people didn't like Zelda Twilight Princess as much, because... Because it was more kind of muted. Yeah, which is, again, yeah. something I think they really fix in the remake, but, um... the The thing is that, um... Like, Majora's Mask is another Zelda game that's meant to have a more... A darker and creepier... Plot line than other ones, but that one is one of the most colourful,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: I think it's the colourfulness of the creepy stuff that, like, it kind of adds to
0: it. Yeah, because, because... well, it sticks al- out more. Like, you're forced to like pay more attention to it and kind of absorb all the details. Whereas yeah. if it's just a homogenous monochrome mess, you don't really look at it too much. It just all blends into itself. And
2: I also think another. Another aspect of it is that um, colour is natural. Yeah. Like, we see colour everywhere. And the problem with um, relatively monochrome horror games is that you don't often see, like, just completely monochrome settings in real life. Yeah. Um, So it feels a little bit... It feels a bit distanced. Yeah, there's already Um, kind of a
0: disconnect. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and when there's colour, because colour is such a a like a part of of reality hmm. um seeing colour next to and infused into these really creepy unsettling designs really it's really striking
1: it it, it definitely makes them feel a lot more real yes because, um I think that it also it stems from the same place where um why practical effects work so much better for horror than CGI and stuff?
2: Um, yeah, in in films, just because um, because like something that's tangible and like the thing with CGI is that sometimes CGI can look really good, but you'll all, you always know that it isn't real. It's not something you can reach out and touch. But with practical effects, because it's something that you can like. You, you look at it and go, oh, that is something that I could have a look at in real life and it would look exactly the same.
0: Yeah, um, it moves and, and interacts differently than like, a CGI yeah, exactly. thing would and so and you can tell the difference.
2: Yeah, it's why I think uh, John Carpenter's The Thing is one of the best body horror movies. Hmm. Like, one of the best alien body horror movies because all of the effects are practical and Gruesome, and because because it's not because it's not computer generated, um, it it's just like it it's really icky, and you don't look at it and go, oh, that's not actually real. Like obviously, practical effects have elements of illusion behind them um, in a lot of instances, but, but it's like, still a
0: physical thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's still a physical thing.
1: Um. Yeah, I think that's kind of um, part of the reason why Lord of the Rings works so much better than The Hobbit, as well. Oh, it's yeah. that um The the orcs and things feel like real monsters rather than just uh, big CGI fellas. It just feels yeah, um, like it. It kind of the thing is, especially um, the the way um, games get around this is um that um they're not in a real world, so the entire thing blends together rather than it being um
2: yeah yeah, it's
0: cohesive rather than like clearly real people interacting with sophisticated cartoons,
1: yeah, and that's um, exactly that's why the other reason I think that games work. To suspend our disbelief better than CGI and film is the interactivity element.
3: Because
1: mm. um, if you're part of that world, it feels more like a actual world, and especially if it's visually consistent. Um, but again, the more... Um, the more... It doesn't necessarily have to look realistic to, um, feel. Like, something can look realistic, but I think the colour really is the biggest part of, um, making a game feel like a real place. Yes. I, don't, I completely uh, agree. Even if something's really cartoonish, if it's colourful, you can still kind of suspend your disbelief a lot more than something that has very realistic designs and proportions but is very drab. And know. Exactly. it just it kind of I think it just takes away a lot of the um the disconnect and helps draw you in and make you feel like um you're part of that world the same way practical effects in films do. I think they're very much the same sort of thing. There are definitely parallels to be drawn. Mm. Yeah, we went off on a lot of tangents there, yeah, but we were I like think five that... tangents deep at one point there. It I was think.
2: like a really interesting chat though. No, yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that happened.
1: I think I think this game is going to be if it turns out to be good, it'll be a good showcase of what um indie horror needs to learn. Yes. Mm. Uh yeah, it just needs to stop being afraid of um going outside the trappings of what is considered creepy. Because if you mix creepiness with um, stuff that is traditionally non-creepy, it, it kind of helps to offset it. Yes.
2: Definitely keep an eye well, on if it. If anything, the juxtaposition really makes unreal. the creepiness creepier. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's why I was, I was kind of trying to say that, but I've said so many words. <laughs> that's <all right.
2: laughs> Um... I'll Definitely keep an eye on it though, because I if if it does end up being good, I'm really interested in hearing like your thoughts on it in a like a more of a long form way. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Uh, do you know Do you know how I found out about it, by the way? How did you, found found out, you find found out about it? By, it? The <laughs> by the
3: way. By
1: the way. Uh, lad bible posted about it, and somebody shared it from
2: the lad bible. Oh, thanks, lad bible. Thanks, lad bible. Really when I was a, when out. I was at MCM I saw a lab bible reporter who had the most awesome afro. Nice. Um We, were, <laughs> so we were both there
1: and I didn't see
2: you. Oh yeah, no I remember no. that. Oh I, yeah I'm really sorry. October. October we need to meet up and
1: Except, ugh, I'm not going. This time. No,
2: no, because I... okay. Oh, fuck. Next May. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unless you're going to um, Hyper Japan.
2: Um, I don't think I will be.
1: It's good. I met okay. a few people we know there last time, and this is really great for the listeners.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just sorting out <laughs> plans. Yeah. Josh. <laughs> yeah. Josh, <laughs> do you do want you to sort out tighter? some plans now? I can sort out some plans. If by sort out some plans you mean talk about the video game I've played,
2: you've played Pyre, haven't you, Joe?
0: I have played Pyre. Came out recently. It's one of the rare ones that I've actually like. They bought in a timely fashion. Like through through no fault of my own, they mm. like, either I've, like I just don't get round to it, or like I do buy them and I don't get round to playing them. This one I made kind of a conscious effort to because it sounded weird.
2: It's um it's from the creators of um of Bastion and um... Transistor? Transistor, yeah. 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 Supergiant. Supergiant games. Supergiant games. Uh... A
1: supergiant is like a giant, but even better.
0: Yeah, that's what they call yeah. their video game company that. Yeah. Well, well, they consist entirely of super giants. Yeah, it's, like yeah, it's better giants. Yeah, and, and like you, you could accuse them of boasting, but it, I mean, it's
2: just accurate. They were called giants, but then they got bitten by a radioactive um, graphics card, um, and now they're super giants. And They are also. C- they gained the powers of life. the
0: graphics cards. Yeah,
2: they they
1: are now video game in real life, and they can now. It's like Pixels, know, except that instead of, instead of fighting Adam Sandler, instead of fighting Adam Sandler, what the Pixels are doing is they made a games company.
0: I would buy they... everything Supergiant put out for the rest of the company's existence if they dedicated the remainder of their lives to fighting Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh my, we need to, tw- okay, shall we tweet that With broadswords. Them? yeah obviously so you you're a broadsword, too. I'm not a monster, so pyre uh yeah, it's okay, so the the premise is you've been chucked out into the wasteland from the Commonwealth because you can read, and that that's your only crime, which sort of tells you pretty much all you need to know about what sort of a place the commonwealth is.
1: So the commonwealth is basically um, the provincial village from Beauty and the Beast. Pretty much, like, they're basically,
0: well, no, because, like, they're, I think the idea of the provincial village from Beauty and the Beast is, like, they're just, like, have no aspirations of intelligence. In the commonwealth, it seems like there's a ruling class who are actively discouraging intelligence.
1: So is it basically like, like gaining if, any if... kind
0: of knowledge that could like help them start to question things or like maybe so basically it's a anything. metaphor of the media industry. Uh, it, it's a metaphor of a. I'm sure. It, well, it's fantasy. It's an allegory of basically everything.
1: Yeah. Literally, everyone in charge is Gaston. Yeah. They're all Gaston. Yeah. He's Gastons that's, all the way that's down. That's
0: canon. It's actually called. The Gaston wealth. That didn't work. <laughs> I'm deeply sorry about that. Yeah, on. you're also like Gaston. You get it? It's yeah, yeah.
1: You're also kicked out of the Commonwealth if you don't eat um four dozen eggs every morning to make you grow large.
0: <laughs> it's true <but> that. <laughs> Yeah, if you're not they're roughly they're the size of a you barge. Get, you get a little, uh... <laughs> 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 Yeah, You get, you get, the, you get a, just, one, one cutscene with one of the characters you know who was go, exactly sorry, the you... size of a barge, and so they just kicked you him know, out because, like, it's too precise. Get him out of there. You know, when you it. go
2: to, like, a an amusement park. And they have, like, the signs that say, you must be this tall to ride. Yeah. I'm just imagining that, but it's a fucking barge. <laughs> 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 you must be you must be equal in size to this scale model of no, a barge. No, no, roughly in
0: the exist. same size. If you're exactly <laughs> yeah. the same size, you get kicked out.
2: Yeah. Because yeah. you oh.
1: can't be precisely the size of a barge. Like, you have the to po- be The roughly poor guy who was kicked of out of it
0: for being exactly the size of the barge is just like, well, I must. My size, not too my big, size fluctuates. not too small like, How was I supposed Just to know that that right. day
1: Yeah uh, I, I imagine the fall of civilization would happen If somebody brought a slightly different Size barge in Oh god <laughs>
0: It's like They start like, slowly like... filing down the barges Over many years <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's like that's basically like when Rick and Rick and Morty turned like changed the currency value of of the intergalactic government to from one to zero, and everything went to shit.
0: Yeah, I think that's also. But canon. instead
2: of currency, it's just like chopping a bit of a barge sign off.
0: <laughs> Rick Rick and Morty went to Gaston's country, right, and then Rick. <laughs> a bit off a boat and that's the prequel to Pyre.
2: There we go. Okay. Well, I'm glad we've... Okay, so we've, we've managed to lay the groundwork. Now, now so about bearing
0: all that in mind, you have been exiled for Day reading. Because right? they can't, they can't have people... not have the
2: best bit of
3: podcast I've ever been involved in.
0: So you've been kicked out because you know how to read and they can't have people, like, the Commoners suddenly gaining literacy because, you know, someone's been chopping down the barges, we've got enough on our plate, right? Yeah. Now, there is apparently a way to regain freedom, which is to shoot some hoops. For whatever reason, there's this. Yeah, that's how this. I've heard this game be described as like fantasy weird. Ritual basketball
2: Which yeah. sounds immediately th- Like the most video game Video game ever
0: Yeah it's It's slightly weird But I don't necessarily Care <laughs> Cause Is like, the concept I like, good enough Because uh, no, I, I like the idea Of like, there being this kind of like Ritual competition Mm. The, I, like, I like in that order to gain freedom that there's, there's a lot of ways you can sort of, well the basketball comparisons are sort of slightly tenuous, the, Do you, you, know, not you can dunk see hoops. how they were made you can't dunk the hoops necessarily, you more sort of plunge the hoops into the flames of purification alright you know
2: which sounds much cooler which Michael Jordan
0: list. may also have done it's entirely possible. Some, he does fucking everything. At some point, I mean, like, did he? He went off and did baseball at one point, didn't he? He did,
2: and then he went and we we don't know um, what he did with his hoops.
0: The, saved the Looney Tunes. Yeah, the, um, the many hoops that he accumulated over his career. You get, you that's what you you keep the hoops, right? Yeah, um, in basketball, he formed, he formed you keep a, their hoop formed, if you win. Formed a
2: strong emotional.
0: He formed a strong emotional bond with Bill Murray. Um... Oh yeah, that that all he, um, actually happened. What? That all that all defi- that all actually happened because like the oh, weird did, the weird yeah. thing about Space Jam, like it came out at the same time Michael Jordan was actually returning the basketball. So you kind of have so to it imagine felt a they bit were out of date. You kind of have to imagine that they were trying to communicate that that was the actual reason.
2: Oh my goodness, actually that's a very good
0: point. Like This has actually just been a documentary the entire time.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah, based on true facts. Based Spa- on li- literal true <laughs> facts that actually happened. Space Jam, based on true facts. I was talking about pirates at some point there.
1: And then we started talking um, about slamming hoops, and then it went on to Michael Jordan inevitably, and then we talked about Space, uh, space Jam inevitably. Well,
0: well, well you know
2: the the lure of the so space pyre. jam is too tempting. Pyre and putting the balls in the fire of destiny, or whatever. yeah, and
0: you sort you sort of have to compete for freedom in this way. And there's like they've sort of like go into details to like ah oh, this represents heard de blur, de blur. You know, I've I'll be honest, I kind of don't remember much of it because it's kind of mostly irrelevant. Like the idea of there just being like this ritual competition to me is enough so is it, is
2: it is it ritual basketball Thunderdome the video game
0: as long as you don't ask me to clarify yes
2: excellent ok <laughs>
0: yeah. so the thing with this is you can only move one character at a time and that goes for both sides you can switch between them by pressing the X button, if you've got the PS4 version as I have.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you can, and that same button, when you have the orb, you've got to get the orb and put it into the opponent's flame. You both have a flame, a pyre, hence the name, which basically acts as the hoop into which you are shooting. Well,
3: um, and okay.
0: You run, you run your exiles with the orb into the opponent's fire. Their fire loses hit points and when they those hit points reach zero, you win is the idea.
2: So okay, that sounds really, really
1: interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a good game but immediately the thing that sticks out to me the most is the fact that it's called an orb. The orb! And I love orbs and so I now immediately am a million times more interested.
0: Orbs in particular. Says like, orbs. No, no other spherical. No. Like it specifically has to be an orb. Yeah. Whenever, even though they are I, identical. Whenever I, whenever
2: I hear someone say the word orb, I always imagine Jeremy Irons saying it and smacking his lips afterwards. <laughs>
0: I, mean, I don't I know why you do games. that, but you are right.
2: <laughs> it just seems like the right thing, you know. The orb. Yeah, there we yeah go. it See? has to be. That's a very
0: Jeremy Irons sort of voice. It does. Yeah. I, as proven, I guess, by like one of the few character, like sort of this commentator, I guess, if you will, the commentator of the heavens, who's like the sort of sneering kind of Oh, you're going to play the basketball for me now? You're a prick, aren't you? Sort of like this very condescending sort of spiritual creature with no clear motive who is nonetheless bound to sort of serve the rights and sort of make sure that this thing carries on happening. Sort of offering his little quips when okay. things happen in the games, like oh, looks looks like you dropped the orb, you shit. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing slightly, but yeah, of course,
2: but yeah, you know. yeah, okay. So, you know, like, as, so, as I said, a the characters. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry, were you, were you finishing saying about something? And
0: I was just going to mention, like, the characters don't speak English for the most part, or like, any actual language There is voice acting. They've invented a language okay. for the game, um, which is like, is ba- like the I, Sims, they basically like, going... recorded a couple of like stock phrases, I think, and okay. put them uh, put them over the dialogue. Except for like some places where <clears throat> characters inexplicably like speak English, I suppose, because like it's just easier than like putting yeah subtitles okay, in while, like actions going on in screen and like distracting you like to I'll be honest I didn't like really think about it that much until like 5 minutes ago which me, okay. like so it like it's it's just kind of not important like there there's there's, okay. there's magic dog people and big horned women jumping around throwing an orb in fire and disappearing like you people can people can know two languages <laughs> You know, um, fair enough. The, of, of all, we I've some, not things. something
1: I've not heard it. So what I'm imagining is that it's literally The Sims. <coughs> so it would just be like people going, oh yeah, Baba, as, well, as well as being
0: as well as being in the canon of Rick and Morty and <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. It is also part of the Sims <laughs> franchise. Yeah, it's the long-awaited three-way crossover. Of those three concepts, um, and, Rick did, and Morty did we, did we, we well, do any? So. Did we do any others? Did Rick we throw any other franchises in? Rick and
1: Morty
0: No, I said Rick and Morty. I thought you said Space Jam. Sorry. Oh no, space the Space Jam. Jam. Oh yeah, it was Space Jam as well, wasn't it? Because Michael yeah. Jordan did it. I think we decided. Yeah. Sorry, I don't think we I did, like but, but I've decided, I'm now, making so. the call right now. I'm making the executive decision that one of the characters is in fact Michael Jordan. there <laughs> we go. Yeah, I'd prefer
1: so, if all of the characters were Michael
0: Jordan. Except, uh, I believe there's the a patch coming Jeremy Irons. Yeah, the 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 Irons Jordan patch. Mm. Yeah, it's very on the nose name. It's um, it sounds it sounds a bit like someone came up with it like a second before they said it, and then just <laughs> went with it anyway, despite it clearly being shit. Like it was too late to stop it by that point. It's kind of embarrassing, really. Oh no. Just,
2: um, I, but, like, that I came out question. of their mouths. <laughs> I do have a question. Yeah? So, um, the other two Supergiant games mm-hmm. um, have been really good at. Like, their sound design has been absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. and the way the music synchronises with everything, and the sound effects being really punchy.
0: What's it like in. What's it like in Pyre? Uh. General sound design, pretty good, I have to say. Like, I it's not like kind of. There, there are there are particular scenes and stuff where you kind of do notice the music, okay. but like for the most part, <laughs> it's just like it was just sort of. There for me, like a lot of it was like very serviceable background music with a few notable exceptions. Oh, so, like, I, I wouldn't say it's like the best use of soundtrack I've ever heard, okay, but like it, it's definitely up there.
1: Uh, yesterday okay, I met up with um with the cute capybara from before. Oh, yeah, um, oh, we we were talking about Pyre because um. He was asking me if I'd played it at all, and he said that um, the soundtrack was the thing that made him most interested, but uh, he thought that the concept and the execution would get old fairly quickly, so I was wondering if that actually played out.
0: Well, funnily enough, the, the execution, it took me a while to actually warm up to it. Uh. So like I did, there was quite a long period for which I didn't get it because it just felt kind of slow, mm. and kind of like there wasn't really kind of like like it took me a while to kind of land on any strategies that worked because it just felt like I was slowly to moving towards this wall of people that's fair like other I mean it is quite really get past. Yeah, so, like, it's sort of behooves I mean you it is, like, you I, can... I
2: suppose it is something quite
0: unique. So, yeah, because uh, I should I should probably explain cuz you can uh banish players on the other team cuz you've got okay. this sort of aura around you and there are like various stats that determine the size of the aura. So some characters will have bigger auras, but you know, as a trade-off they may be slower. So yeah. like, or you could have like a very fast character who has like a very small elf or is not very good at like banishing other team like the other team. But if you banish the other another team member, like they're basically gone for a couple of seconds. Like they've taken out off the field for a couple of seconds, making it okay. easier to get <clears throat> past them. And like there are there are a lot of situations where you kind of need to do that in order to win because you can't attack at all when you've got the orb. So it sort of behooves you not to go for the orb first in a lot of situations. Okay. So you're just sort of like fighting like it just turns into you like trying to shoot the other team members before they can shoot you and then going in and grabbing the orb and then just running it into the player. So like when I was looking at it like that for a while, it just felt like either you're playing it and you're just like stuck in a stalemate because you can't get past this wall of opponents without getting shot or you're in a situation where you've taken out the entire team and you can just like run the thing in like there's it's there's no real challenge to it and okay i think it took a couple more characters getting involved for me to see a bit more nuance in it than that Okay Because, like, there's certain sort of, like, strategies that sort of open themselves up once you know what you're doing Because it is kind of an unusual concept, I guess So you not not having, really, a base of reference for it I can see why Okay it took me a while cuz you know i I was, I was kind of mind conscious mind of the fact that it might be a like a me problem and i kind of wanted to hear it out and i'm glad i did okay so yeah once you actually know what you're doing like it's more about like positioning that you're a uh, three team members and sort of like playing keep away with the ball and sort of luring people out to create an opening uh rather than just like trying to Wipe out the entire team and then just run the ball, in which, in some circumstances, just isn't feasible. <laughs> okay. So yeah, there was a there was more depth to it than I may have initially given it credit for, and it kind of becomes apparent later on. You, you but you do, I think, need to give it a little bit.
2: Okay, just I'll keep that mind rolling. Like pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool.
0: Narratively as well, I think you need to give it a minute because like it does have a lot of the typical fantasy setting trappings. You know, there's. It there's, doesn't like, seem he, like he, something
1: that especially needed to have too much narrative to it anyway. Yeah. So I can give. I mean, it
0: even a even pause. the initial three characters like you meet, you've got like the one who takes you in because he sees something in you that nobody else does, and then you've got like the big tough, serious one who wanted to leave you for dead and you've got the comedy like comic relief wheeler dealer like animal sidekick
1: Govlan mm-hmm. Wheel yeah. Govlan yeah.
0: Deal and you know, you, you've got the ridiculous place names as well, like like the the f- wunge of Or whatever, like names that sound like the person saying them came up with them five seconds before they said them. Which just becomes even more apparent like when you actually hear them pronounced in English by by like the commentator guys like you now stand before the flange of Harambe Yeah, I, I've, I've, um, when am I I'm, getting paid? <laughs>
1: I'm moving um, I'm moving house soon I've been living in the flange of Parambe For the last three years And I think it's time to get a new um, mm. Sort of view of the world And I think going to the flange of Grahub Will be the best place to go for that
0: mm. okay. I heard property prices Are really ni- are really reasonable Around about the groom of <laughs>
1: Yeah, but the thing is that um I have enough problems with asthma already that if I have to say where I live, I will literally
0: die. Mm. If and I also, live so and also like there's quite a lot of these like living around there there's quite a lot of this race of native bird people because of course we've also got fantasy racism. Nice, which is <sighs> Like it's been done.
1: <laughs> it's like, also... Yeah
0: we, yeah, we all get your very clever racism's bad. Very, although these days I suppose that does kind of pass for a bit of a bombshell.
1: Well, the the main problem I find that with may. that is that they never actually include... Um, they always use some stand-in for...
0: Well, yeah, there's rarely uh, an accurate representation and there's always some kind of justification for it.
1: Yeah, the worst times is when... Like, it's
0: always a war. It's never just inflicted on somebody who didn't fucking do anything to ask for it. As it is in real life. Mm. So, yeah.
1: It still sounds interesting.
0: I'm not... I wasn't... Yeah, it's an interesting concept. And narratively, like, as I was going to get to, and I've just remembered I was going to get to, like, it does start doing more interesting things later Mm -hmm. on which I'm planning to talk about in a video review I'm hopefully planning to do for the site which uh, will get into some more spoilery territory Fair Uh, enough but all I can say without spoilers is you do kind of have to give it a minute because there's a lot of you know bad racism allegories and things you've seen before okay yeah, well, I wasn't
1: especially invested in learning about the plot anyway. Of, mm-hmm. of the fantasy basketball hoop. The ball. fantasy
0: basketball with Michael Jordan and Gaston. Rick Jeremy, oh, and all Jeremy Irons.
1: Gaston's there.
0: Does the inclusion of Jeremy Irons mean we can add the Lion King to the list of associated properties? Yeah,
2: sure. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do it. We'll do it. It won't be Jeremy Irons. It will be Jeremy Irons' character from the Dungeons and Dragons movie.
0: Yeah, oh but God. but also it is it is Scar from the Lion King.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so... Earlier today, no, uh, oh, yes. I was um, I was hanging out in my room, and my brother came in. And he was being annoying, and I was just trying to have a nice time lying down on my bed and having a nice time. Looking mm. at my phone, reading about, um, cock or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and I kept pushing him off the bed, and every time I did, I went, Long live the king! <laughs> it was great.
0: Nice. <laughs> well, when else are you gonna get to? <laughs> Carpe DM. Move the tree. I'm paying all those DMs. Gotta get all the carp. And the DM. It's true. You're very.
1: good, actually. Uh,
0: So, cancer, though.
1: What? Cancer, though. We're talking about. um,
0: I, I was very sort of concerned for a second. Yeah, now. no, it was
1: because I, I've done this twice now, this is the first one that's been on the air, I think, where mm-hmm. I've, like, not mean to sound insensitive and, like, I was making jokes about it, but I've just forgotten what words are, and so I've just said something and then realised that it's not a topic that I should just let myself run my own mouth about. That's You've, okay. you've had a
0: horrible accident. <laughs>
2: That's what editing's for, don't you worry? <laughs> um, yeah, no, um so I, I spoke to Amy Green from um from Numinous Games. Um, the developers of That Dragon Cancer. Uh, Amy Green is um is the uh, the wife of, of Ryan Green and um uh, the mother of Joel who's the, who is the who who's the child the child that um the, the, the kid in the game. It, it it the that Dragon Cancer is about um Joel and um and Ryan's relate uh Ryan's like Ryan dealing with his son having cancer.
3: Mm.
2: And mm-hmm. I spoke to Amy because uh Amy's not really spoken to the press that often about it. Um and I thought like it would be interesting to get her thoughts on the game and um what it was like balancing um quite an emotive and intense narrative with like game elements. Mm. Um, because it's it's something that it's something that there was there was a lot of there was a lot of discourse about online when when the game came out about um lots of people accused um dragon cancer of gamifying cancer. Mm. And it was really interesting to have that discussion with Amy because um, it was it was interesting because a lot of the um, there there one specific element of that Dragon Cancer that lots of people brought up when the game uh, when they when they played the game was it's the, the Mario um,
1: Kart one, isn't it?
2: Yeah, there's hmm. there's there is there is a section where um, Joel gets a wagon and um, and attached to the wagon is is an IV drip. And they're driving around the hospital corridors like a Mario Kart game, um, and loads of people felt that it was um, that there was a bit of ludonarrative dissonance. God, I love those buzzwords. Yeah. Um, and it was really interesting talking with Amy about it because it was elements like that um, that they decided to include because they tried to make they tried to make life a game for Joel um mm. because you know obviously he was he was going through a, a a quite a difficult time all things considered um and it was it was interesting to see like it was interesting to talk about those portrayals in a, a married along with such a a really yeah. intense narrative mm. um and we were talking about how it's um how we're both hopeful to see more more games uh, in from now into the future explore narratives like that Um, like there's already games already cover quite sensitive topics and quite um, quite dark topics like Spec Ops The Line is quite a significant one Hmm. Hmm. Um, but games don't really um, games games never really explore like very personal, quite, almost taboo in a way, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I think the thing is that um, that it's a lot easier to gamify a plot about um, something large scale, even if it is very dark and, um, like, a real thing that happens, it's a lot more easy to be... to, like, feel a disconnect, in a way. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. but... if it's something very personal, I can... I can understand why some people would feel some misgivings to the idea of it. But I think it's something that we need to work on, because interactive media can be very useful for, um... for the purpose of empathy.
2: Yes. A lot of the time... Probably, um, and that's actually something else I talked with Amy about. That, um, like, video games as a medium don't really explore the idea of personal individual empathy as much as it, as much as it could. But at the same time, video games is probably one of the most effective tools to convey empathy Mm -hmm. because of that interaction. I think it's also um,
1: partially because it's a fairly young medium that um, uh, culturally is seen as quite infantile. Yeah. Um, So there will be a level of um, dissonance between general public's ideas about what a video game is and what a video game can do. And something very personal, mm. if you get what I mean, it just um I can yeah, I know exactly, what I you can mean, see yeah. what why people who don't have a greater understanding of the medium would feel the way they did,
2: yeah, I feel like I feel like we as a we as a society need to get used get get used to the idea of video games um exploring equally as many different uh, narratives and topics as other mediums do because a story like a story like the story of that dragon cancer if it were explored in a film or a book it wouldn't have garnered that much critique hmm. um and i feel like we need to let ourselves we need we need to let video games explore topics like that
1: I think, and um, this is only something that I've just that's just popped into my head now as we've been talking, but I think it's actually a um an issue of semantics as well in a way. Oh yeah. In the um film and book and stuff like that doesn't convey it that the way because those things are so um like set in culture. Mm. And are their own things. They they are kind of neutral words, you can't tell much about them just from the word film or the word book. Yeah. But game immediately is evocative of like children playing. It's oh, the yeah, same definitely. kind of thing how um people get weird about
2: comics doing um sensitive topics. Because comics are comics. Yeah.
1: And I think it's the same kind of thing. It's game and comic are a lot less neutral yeah. than film or book.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, um, it that, uh, po- sort of touched on that in in my interview with uh, with Amy as well. In that, um, often when we look at books and we look at films, we describe books and films using their genre tags. Mm-hmm. So we say it's a horror movie, it's um, it's a sci-fi book, but with video games, we always talk about video games using mechanics, mm-hmm. yeah, as descriptors. Like we don't we don't look at Call of Duty and say it's um, it's a it's a high we, we don't the first thing we say when we look at Call of Duty isn't it's a high antics action um, war game we say it's a first-person shooter.
1: Yeah, so, like, you could say that um, something like Halo and something like Call of Duty are in very different genres, story-wise. They really are, Um, yeah. But because they both have similar styles of mechanic, we Hmm. describe both of them as just first-person shooter. And all my dogs have started screaming. That's okay. Yeah, I think... um. I think that is an issue because it means that, um, it does tie in with the fact that games in the early, early period of their existence were very much just mechanic focused. Mm, exactly. And I think a lot, I think it's a lot of older people who never, like, grew with the medium. Just consider it in terms of that still, and it's not helped by the fact that we generally describe things not by genre but by mechanic style. Yeah, and so people focus a lot more on the mechanics of games than they do as interactive storytelling mediums.
2: Yeah, I feel like we need to we need we need. Uh, I feel like public perception needs to shift um, in into. It needs to shift more into video games being considered an art form mm. because that's what books and films and TV shows are considered in a lot of cases. Like, yeah, yeah. Video games should video games should be given more opportunity to explore equally the same amount of things as books and films and other mediums. Yeah, that, that... Well, I think
0: the opportunity is there. Like, if if it people is. want to make those kinds of narratives, like, there's not really. Much in the way of a barrier, like possibly a financial barrier, possibly like just knowing how to code or knowing someone who knows how to code or like having access to a writer Mm. who has those kinds of experiences. But But like it's even then,
1: there's stuff like Like, like RPG Maker and Renpy and stuff that you can use to make fairly simple games. Like that's
0: like like, I, I think if like with sufficient knowledge of any issue, I don't think. Like it's a matter of not having the opportunity. It, it's like just not being done, I guess. Or in cases where it is being done, it's just kind of
1: it's kind of shouted down because it's so against the cultural perception of what a video game can be.
0: Yeah, I feel like. Well, I mean, but that, I feel like that, that at nothing... the same time, I feel like that's. But I feel like those games kind of like. That's very much like not the critical perception of it at least not in mm. like in the circles I know of. I feel like there's still very much like an audience for them, like a very sizable audience for them, and I think the like a, as is often the case like the vo- we just think that the sort of movement against it is so unanimous is because they're the w- the people against it are the only ones really making any significant amount of noise. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like
2: that, that group of people making that significant amount of noise is what um like we we see lots of games that explore topics like this, but we don't see a lot of them um, in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we we've not we don't really see any AAA games exploring exploring like exploring it to the same degree as
0: Bat Dragon Cancer. Well, no, because the and stuff they're already like, doing already makes money, and if they play it safe, then it'll just have a broader appeal. Well, I, I, yeah, and I, I sorry,
1: you
0: go. I feel like it's a big vicious cycle, really, like
2: um triple a triple a industries playing it safe and making things that people like means that people only play the things that triple a industry thinks they like so when things start veering out of the norm and people don't recognize this as a normal thing for video games to be exploring they get a bit they get a bit uncomfortable about it and then that discomfort might um might cause some developers to feel a little bit uneasy about exploring those topics.
1: Yeah, well, I think part of it is also because um, the people who are going to have the um, those loud opinions that are very much um, grounded in the idea that video games aren't art are going to have much more clout in the sort of publications that. People who aren't like big into games are going to go to, yeah, like people are people mm. who don't really have an interest in games, but are just going to catch up with current events are more likely to be going onto the BBC's website than they are to be going onto let's play video games or Polygon or something. Indeed. So, I think that's why. Um, despite the fact that the actual critical consensus on this sort of thing is a lot um better than. Uh what those sorts of people would have you believe. Um Most people don't see that. It's just because the only people getting exposure on mainstream news sources that aren't video game
2: related are the ones who are decrying it. Mm it's it's why it, it's it's the same reason why the do video games cause people to be violent debate is still happening in in the public sphere yeah. still
0: somehow even though there's been the actual <laughs> somehow, studies yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah i know right well, studies don't um, matter
1: unless they agree with um the opinion of the uh, people in charge so
2: yeah that's true um <laughs> Something else I wanted to talk about that um i uh, I spoke to Amy about is the idea of um so as um, as as the tools used to develop certain mediums become more accessible, more people begin to utilize those tools to make personal projects um, and so like people started making home movies that they'd only show their family and close friends, and people mm. started writing like, books, like, fan fiction for themselves and all that jazz. Um, And something that I spoke to Amy about is um, we're starting to see that with video games. It would be interesting to see video games... Because video games are so accessible as a medium now, like, you get, like, Unity and RPG Maker, Game Maker, all of these simple drag-and-drop tools. And I like the idea of... uh, and It'll be interesting to see video games become equally as popular as those other mediums to tell, like, to create personal, individual stories for close circles of people. And whether maybe that is the case now, and we just don't know it because we don't see it because people are sharing them within their own inner circles. And, like, the idea of using video games as, because people make people make home movies to, like, remember and appreciate their families, and people write like little like people write fan fictions to, to, you know, make themselves feel happy. And I like the idea of video games being used as a medium um to um something that um Amy said, um that the the success of uh, that Dragon Cancer was was more of was more of a, a, a side effect to what they were hoping to achieve with the project and that the primary goal of that Dragon Cancer was working through the grief, and Mm. making that Dragon Cancer was their way of coping with it. And it's really interesting to think about video games as a medium for that.
1: um, What I was going to say before... um... My brother started talking loudly outside my room and then the dog came in and scared the cat and they knocked things oh down God. and
0: <laughs> what I was gonna say is Set that that, fire to um, you. Yeah. Shot uh, a couple of crossbow bolts into the walls. Burn all your receipts for the financial year. Um but
1: yeah, what I was gonna say is that um the there's stuff, um the programs like um, RPG Maker and Renpy and stuff that I talked about that are very accessible um, Mm -hmm. have actually been used to make a fair few um, very personal small indie games. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's a few uh, there was a whole um, game jam that was done a few years back when um, sorry this is quite a heavy topic, but again, we are talking about a game about cancer, so... Um, Yeah,
2: yeah, no, no, honestly, go ahead. But
1: yeah, there was a game jam, um, to raise awareness and money for, um, transgender issues because of, um, the suicide of Leela Um, who I actually knew to some degree, so that was a tough time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I should imagine. Um...
1: But yeah. In any case, um, a lot of little um, RPG maker and um, like visual novels and stuff games were made for that. That I found very interesting in terms of um, it's not that difficult to make something that can be truly good for giving an empathetic experience for issues like that. Like these are that's a forty eight hour game jam using some of the easiest tools possible, and the games can be really effective so definitely
2: yeah
1: yeah I just um that was just an example of a of a experience I've had with that, so I think that there should be um there should be more opportunity for um things like that to happen' because it's not the most difficult thing to do, and I think it would be interesting to see more people feel comfortable with using interactive medium to talk about their own
0: personal stories. Mm. It's interesting that you bring up people feeling comfortable about it, because that's something I've just been thinking of kind of in the background this whole time, is... Like, because it was mentioned uh, a little in the article, uh, in the interview... Uh, Mm. sort of discussion around whether or not it was ethical to, like, make and sell the game. I remember that being, like, kind of a... I mean, I hesitate to call it a talking point. Like, it was... Like, it was what a lot of people were talking about, certainly, like, the people in circles that... Mm. Like, the critical circles that I was aware of talking about it kind of... Were sort of, like, well... I mean, yeah, like it's that it's their decision, ultimately. And, like, it was kind of... Ultimately, it was sort of a non-complaint. But, like, I feel like... Yeah. It's not so much as an ethical issue of... Insofar as... Like, it, is it right to be making games about these sorts of things? It, to me, it's more of an issue of, are you... Like, is it going to ultimately be kind of ethical for you to put this part of you... Out there and like have it effectively judged by the same standards as all these other games, because like that Dragon mm. Cancer was put out, you know, it it was like its primary purpose, as you said, was like more to help with processing grief and whatnot, but it was made available ad, it was as a, it as, was a, as a product. product. That 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 could be bought by people on this storefront alongside a lot of other products that could be bought by people, and so it's um, really more of a question of are you willing to put that up there? Because it has to it has to be judged by like the same kind of critical standards. I think this does tie back.
1: I think this does tie back though to the whole thing of um of the way this particular medium is treated. Because people Mm. do that sort of thing with books and films and TV shows and stuff all the time, and it's never considered unethical to be selling those. Nobody says um, you wrote a book about
0: um, your struggle with depression. That's Well, yeah, that's more the sort of games are supposed to be for fun brigade who don't want to deal with heavy issues, and I'll be honest, I am... So past humouring them at this point that I kind of don't even want to humour that side of the debate. Mm. Yeah, I, try, like, I just think just just, whole... just from a pure standpoint of like what will having this product out there and having it like be criticised due to the people who made it and like if as if they are like emotionally how, ready to um... like withstand, I think I think that Dragon Cans is a good example insofar as like the gamification elements because I do think it's a legitimate criticism like the. The reason given like I understand the reason given like the idea of like they wanted to convey that they were sort of trying to make life a game in whatever way they could, just sort just sort of like so the reality wouldn't like crush their child, but like it it's it's sort of kind of the Jonathan blow issue of that detail is so personal that the vast majority of people aren't really going to pick up on it or like have any way of knowing that that was the reason
2: now that is something and i think at some thinking.
0: point you do have to acknowledge that oh yeah definitely no i I, I, so I yeah i, 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 I don't think it, it i don't think it's impossible to do it i think if it'd been as like a stated narrative theme mm-hmm. and um, you, you know you may well have been but like if they'd like made more of a point to like state it as a narrative theme. I think, like possibly less subtlety, there would have been like it would have availed them. Like, I don't no, think I, it's I impossible to do it. I just mean, think but... like maybe it needed to be clearer that it that was the reason.
1: I think um I think part of the issue that a lot of critics had with um Dark Dragon Cancer in particular um was that um the the narrative and the tone didn't gel well together with the game elements. They didn't... Mm. They felt there was a kind of disconnect between them in a lot of people's eyes and I think that does have to do with the fact that it wasn't very clear uh, to a lot of people that the intention was to show that they well, were yeah, trying not, to treat- not-
0: and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, if, if there had just been some mm. discussion, like, in the game between the parents, like, if, yeah. like, or if there had been like a more direct allusion to that, like, if there had just been like more effort put into like delivering that explanation beforehand, I don't think people would have had. And if anything, I think it would have made like the game more emotionally resonant. I think it would have. It would have. um like it would've it would have given, it would have lent those sections a sense of significance and yeah. like possibly turned them from like the major sort of like critical negative to possibly some of the more powerful moments. Yeah, I think that is definitely
1: true. That isn't I wasn't quite thinking about yeah. it that way, but now that you've said it, I think that's yeah, that's how I feel about it. It's just, yeah I think it's just they needed to think... they needed to tie it back more explicitly into the the narrative and the reason for the game's existence because mm. otherwise it just it comes across as them just adding game stuff because that's what you do in that medium.
3: Mm.
0: Um. And and the fact is that is a thing that people do. Yeah. Like we've yes. seen a, a bunch of cases like so, immediately deadly premonition springs to mind we've like, we've seen this happen before and we have no real reason to assume otherwise at this point
1: so it's, it's yeah I think just the issue with this one is just that um, we aren't given because obviously it's such a personal thing to the developers mm. it's um, that it will be to a degree it will be difficult for them to like see it from the perspective of somebody who doesn't have that personal connection to it, and Yeah, will... that, that's the
0: question, really. Like, you've got to like it. Be- there's you a point to... where it becomes so put. Oh, sorry, you.
1: Yeah, sorry, you have to be more explicit. But I can see why you wouldn't be when it's something that's affected you to that greater degree that you mm-hmm, don't. Yeah, but... It's affected you so much and it's so pervasive in how you think about it that it's difficult to separate that from um, how people without that experience will be able to relate to it. And I think if we are going to use um, video games as a medium through which to impart a sense of empathy, you need to be more explicit with it. Because Mm -hmm. otherwise, um, people without any uh any like real
0: experience with it mm. won't be able to connect the dots you need so. to go into it with the understanding that the player doesn't have all the context but then also like there's a level of explanation like needed there which just sort of like the more you explain it the deeper it gets into like the more nitty-gritty personal details and like you mm. kind of it sort of becomes a balancing act of like, right, how much of this stuff am I actually comfortable putting out there? Uh, I think I yeah.
1: think also um, you've got to, if you are putting it out as a product, and I know this might sound crass, but you do have to um, think about how entertaining it will be in terms of how much um, players are willing to... Uh, Stick around and listen to your explanations. I don't know
0: that entertaining's the right word. I'd say, Uh, like engaging. Yeah, Yeah. sorry, I
1: just
3: like yeah.
1: Yeah, it just um, you need to you need to think about the level of um, engagement with the player, and also think about how much information you need to impart on them for them to be able to fully understand where you're going. So I think that's another balancing act. So it's gonna be tricky and since it's such mm. there's not much example of it. Mm. Um, yeah. I think it would be good for people to learn from the successes and mistakes of that dragon
2: cancer. Yeah, that dragon cancer is a stepping stone. Yeah,
1: I think yeah, um I think. I think it's a good thesis on um, on what what needs to be How the medium needs to be used, if you are going to use it for something like this. It's
2: definitely
0: important that the game exists.
2: Oh yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Equally,
0: equally I need to. I think we kind of need to get out of the trap of like just talking about it in terms of like sort of like is is it ethical, like to be selling this or not? Yeah, because
1: people. it's the people wouldn't say that about any other medium, so I think it's kind of a moot point to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it, other than, in terms of, um, is it healthy for you yourself, the creator, to be selling something personal? It, are you in a place where you can do that? I I think it's not. It's it's yeah. kind of a non-issue in terms of, is this? You know, what I'm trying to say right.
2: Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Um, yeah, like, I think, I, I think we need to case, stop, like, though, leaning
0: like, into, like, just assuming that it's exploitative or, like, assuming... Because, like, it seems to... It's tempting to kind of fall into the trap of either either calling it exploitative or, like, sort of taking the side of the developer to the point where you kind of don't want to mention criticisms. Yeah. Because, like, mm. you've you've kind of got that empathy there and you feel kind of uncomfortable criticizing the thing which kind of like it it kind of needs to happen to some point because there is a certain amount of cynicism in involved in getting people engaged in these sorts of narratives when they have no experience of them themselves because they've not like it's just not something they can relate to otherwise and mm. they need to like have some degree of relation there if they're going to understand it
1: yeah you have to be it's a shame but you, if you're going to do something like this you have to have a level of um, pragmatism in how you're going to do it. You can't yeah. put out something that is purely your uh, your artist I can't say words. your artistic vision hmm. um, if that's not going to be effective as a product. And again I don't want to sound crass as well by I say with with, like with
0: the caveat of like like if, if it's not supposed to be a product then fine yeah but, but like, if it's, if it's, it's, it's not being supposed delivered to be a product, product don't, like if if it's don't. like a like a free thing I guess if it's free
1: yeah but I I mean in terms of if you're going absolutely, to put something like up if you're, on you're going to if you are going front. to like
0: put a price on it and put it on a storefront you kind of you need like, to then think it becomes of it. a business transaction to some extent, and like you this is what capitalism become- does to us yeah yeah, like it's kind of necessary to like like it's basically a case of, like we have to kind of trust that the people who created that story from their own experience are in a good enough place to where like they can sort of deal with the implications mm-hmm. mentally of that thing being a, that part mm. of their lives being a product. Definitely. hmm So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't well, think yeah. it's a question of ethics so much as a question There is of no
1: like, ethical consumption under caterpillar under <laughs> caterpillars!
3: under <laughs> caterpillars!
0: There is no the ethical consumption from the very hungry caterpillar.
1: My dog got worried and came to see if I was alright. Aww. Are you okay? Are you worried? Did I make Todd's a very a concerned
0: noise? about the ethical caterpillar.
1: <laughs> the ethical caterpillar, a game of the I, children's as, story.
0: As I would be if I had four legs and was a dog. On that note. Oh fucking hell! We're Josh only halfway Josh through this, aren't we? Brain
2: times.
0: We we are. I mean, there are there are bits that are going to get edited out. We are one hour twenty minutes into the recording. <laughs> We've only just reached. <laughs> okay. Josh's well, deep thoughts. Well, I mean, it's been some some quality material. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, and like this has been a kind of a theme. I think we underestimate how long we'll be able to talk about any given topic. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we
2: should reduce it to two topics a week.
0: Maybe. (laughs) It's certainly worth a trial run. I will say that much at this rate. It's time for Josh's deep thoughts, everybody. So, strap yourselves in. I've had a thought, because I kind of want to return to form here. Mm -hmm. Because I've made the observation that a lot of these Kind of haven't been deep thoughts so much as they have been me, beseeching you for help with personal problems I've been dealing with. It's just been scenarios <laughs>
1: that have been going on.
0: It it yeah, it's just been actual scenarios that I've got to deal with, and I've kind of just been like, it's just been me sorting out my shit, you know. So and it, there's there's a level of thought that that requires, certainly insofar as the deep thinking. Right of the humans thinking yeah. about the prob the personal prob the posy prob load in as so far as I thought in it right solve the prob load.
1: Well, I think it really yeah. helps that we put Wentworth Miller into the clown cage with all the clowns, and so he's kind of out of the picture.
0: And he was a cause of a majority of the issues going on. It's very true. To be honest, like I think that's just his clown cage. Like he can leave at any time, as far as I know. I think he volunteered.
3: It's
1: That's just, just where he goes. He's just kind of enraptured with it, so he's kind of out of your hair for now. So I think you got more time to think.
0: i momentary reprieve by way of clowns. But yeah, so as opposed to sort of the dealing with my own problems and thinking solely about the deep thought of the thinking that and the thorkas hoed, right? Mm. As far as ride, rise against the sea of troubles and the Shakespeare, like such as such as the Shakespeare of the Hamlet, if you understand me. Mm. You now with the arrows, sling it and sling it. Fortune, horrible and oppose it, end its terminators. Right, no longer suffering. But instead, to turn it back inside, outside, outside. Right, the thought, problem affecting the whole human species on account of the Cumbhabs the whole of the deep. Problem and affected the human being for a long time. So, what, what's your focus th- What's your thoughts on that, if I may put this?
1: So that was just a deep
2: thoughts.
0: Um, th- I is, agree th- with that's... that
2: general <laughs> sentiment.
0: All right, I, I shall take that as my permission to continue. So, uh, essentially, you know the sea. Yeah. Does it have to be there? Do you think?
2: Um, I mean, the moon doesn't have a sea, and it's there. But
0: also no, no, no the... I mean, I, I, I acknowledge that we kind of need water and all that. But does it have to be like there specifically? I mean, like, is there a better place we could put it?
1: I mean, we could, we could put it underground.
2: <laughs> I mean it would be an excellent uh, it wouldn't be an excellent way to recycle all of those used plastic bottles
0: if, yeah it's just a thought I've been having like do we actually know that the place where the sea is currently is the best place for it
2: or that perhaps maybe maybe we should like water world the planet and see where the sea goes and maybe it prefers it there maybe we should ask the sea what it wants yeah has anyone tried asking it well, I don't think I think one there was that one um there was that one Caesar Was it Caesar? No, it was a Greek a Greek
0: what type ruler. of salad? No. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was that Which was a, salad was it again that did That was this?
1: a slow one because it like it took me a a few moments to realize that um a Greek salad was a thing. And then, yeah. then I found it very funny. After
2: that point, <laughs> it was one of the, um, like an emperor, the em, the, the guy who waged the war, waged war with Poseidon and got his men to stab the sea. But that wasn't really, that's not really like asking. That's more interacting. Yeah, that, that's more like,
0: acknowledging that the sea is like something that could be asked. But it's true. Know, it was done with talk by that point. point. We settle this asking. with our blades.
1: Sea diplomacy
0: sea diplomacy. Has anyone tried sea diplomacy and asking the sea if this is actually the optimal place for the sea to be to do sea yeah, things?
2: Yeah, like I, for everyone at home to ponder. Like, I think,
0: have a fish.
1: I think that should be our campaign slogan, though. Has anyone tried sea diplomacy?
0: Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I'm just thinking, like, we've, we've always, we've been concerned for a while now about, like, the possibility of, like, rising water levels and, like, the, the sea line getting higher. Like, maybe
1: that's why just what it why wants. don't we just, like, move it down a bit? But what if the sea just... What if it's just... What if it's trying to, like, make a move on us?
0: It's got... It's kind of got to meet us halfway. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm saying. Like, maybe we maybe we can put the sea lower down. Like, That's the essence of sea diplomacy. Just grab it drag
2: it. Sea diplomacy is all about compromise.
0: Yeah.
1: You said that um, the moon doesn't have a sea? Uh, No, you um, said
0: the moon doesn't have a sea, but carry on.
1: No, you said it.
0: I know George said it. Oh. We were both wrong. Okay,
1: Okay, you you said that the the moon doesn't have a sea, and as Mm -hmm. far as I know... You can take part of the sea and put it on another bit, and it will be alright. Like, it doesn't die
2: if you take part of it and put it elsewhere. It's true. The sea is eternal.
1: Um, Mm.
2: Oh yeah, because it doesn't have a fixed physical form, does it? Yeah,
1: so what if you took, like, a bit of the sea? Um, Like, a bit that it doesn't really need? Like, one that doesn't have many fish in it or something? Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's only got five fish, rather than like ten, which most bits of the sea have. Um, you take that, and you put that on the moon instead. That's what clouds are! Oh, shit! Clouds
0: are a bit of the sea that's been put on the moon instead. They couldn't get yeah. all the... W- they could only get as far as the Earth's sky, and so they scrapped Me? the project. Yeah.
2: Gang, gang. Maybe we don't need to ask the sea. Maybe the sea is already telling us.
1: That it wants to go to the sky, and we just need to help yeah. it
0: get to the moon. And it like, gets too yeah. cold when it goes up. It's like, oh, no, just put a blanket on the clouds. Yeah. Exactly. If we warm the clouds up Give a them a two-bar electric heater.
1: <laughs> then they should be able to get to the moon and resettle. They'll get all the way to the moon. It's not like the sea really needs to breathe, is the thing. So it can go through space, which we can't without a spaceship. We just need to let yeah. it get up there. The sea is superior chilling.
0: to us in that regard. It can reach the yeah. moon unharmed. What the fuck is this podcast? Gonna have a
3: lovely ocean moon.
0: <laughs> it's gonna be wet <laughs> I, do on the moon <laughs> I do believe now. I do believe.
2: That that was George's
3: deep
2: Thoughts. George's details. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So bit, no, what
1: bit, no. games George, do George, George, George. What before before that before that um, we need to insert the promo that we always do because I still haven't had any new ones yet.
3: <laughs> uh, still
1: yes. I've been trying. <laughs> oh.
3: oh god.
1: Uh, but yeah. Uh, primitive. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. Oh! Hi, I didn't see you there, Hawk. (laughs) Are you interested in in terrible internet fan fiction? By god darn I am, sir. Do you like it when uh, the hosts of a show do not write anything down
0: in preparation for a promo? It's my favorite thing in the world next to fan fiction. Oh, hello, miss. I didn't see you there. Oh, hello. I was just listening in on your conversation about high quality free fan fiction. Welcome, both of you, to my laundromat. I see you are both here to do laundry and also talk about fan fiction. Is that Naruto over there having sex with Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes, while they wash their clothes, Sonic is washing his his shoes and Naruto is washing his headband in my laundromat that I own.
3: And his shuriken. They've
0: destroyed my freaking washing machine. But they're f***ing quite a bit. It's attracting a lot of customers, including you two.
1: That makes me want to
3: listen to the fan canon on Podhaven. Original promo, do not steal.
0: Well, I'm gonna steal it anyways. I'm a criminal now too! (laughs) Ha
1: ha ha ha! Promo was there, now let's talk about video games.
3: Time and video games. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that, well, just,
0: that's going to be the new jingle for that bit from now on. I'm. Um, I. am you have got to isolate that clip. Yeah. <laughs> Put that I especially like the bit where you went. segment. From now till the end of time. Um, please. S- please.
1: And thank you. Who's gonna talk about a video game first? Because I need to work out. Oh, I remember what I was going to talk about. But yeah, who wants to talk about it first?
0: I've actually um... had to rescind my recommendation upon further examination of the game. Uh, oh. But I think I think that might serve us well because like we are running long as fuck at this point. Okay. Mm. So so I I may simply abstain for this episode. Uh Okay. Do, do you have anything to say about why you've decided? Uh, just the fact that the, like, suffice to say, the aspect of it that I like may have been due to the property on which it was based, rather the, uh, like, the game may not have in fact been the best way to experience the bit of the game that I liked. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I will potentially talk more about it if, like. I'm running low on recommendations another week, and I just fancy like having a having having a more nuanced discussion of why i of this game and why I initially quite liked it and why I decided to rescind my thing Somebody else talk well, now the, the, the okay. thing I'm is that satisfied. I'm not going to be able
1: to sleep now for as however many days it takes until you do that because. I'm so intrigued about what the game is that I am just going to be racked with anxiety.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'll yep. I mean, I may you've hyped it up too much now. I may as well talk about it. Oh, okay. It, it's called Anima Gate of Memories. Oh. It's developed by an independent studio in Spain, I believe, mm-hmm. based on, I think a like tabletop RPG property that kind of like borrows from stuff like Final Fantasy and whatnot. It's like in, sort of okay. inspired by various different things. It's like I think it's like a relatively big deal which yeah. sort of explains why like this game seems to have something of a budget behind it. Okay. But <laughs> and like right off the bat this was like a weird one to recommend in the first place. It's not a good game. Like it's janky as heck. I think if more games I'd been playing at the time had sort of done the things it was doing, because like it was, it's a beat 'em up, and I hadn't played like decent beat 'em up in fucking like, ages. So like I was kind of just like hankering for it at that point. You know, I was weakened at the beginning,
3: mm-hmm. but
0: like still fully willing to admit that it was janky as hell. Like there, there are combos it does the god hand thing where you can sort of like change what attacks are assigned to what buttons yeah but like that's all you can do like there's not really there's not much combo potential i mean like they they allude to you being able to do some combos but by like chaining moves together or like switching between characters because there's Two playable characters. There's mm. there's this girl and a there's there's a girl who's lost her memory and a really powerful demon. An anime plot, right? This mm. anime protagonist's number five thousand eight hundred and seventy six. Like it's yeah. it's that yeah. Uh, that said, I fucking love the demon character Ergo. Like as far as those characters go, I just. There's just something about him that should be irritating to me but isn't. Because, mm-hmm. like, you, he's just so done with it. Like, he's just okay, I'm, like, okay, I'm trapped in this now, I might as well just like, amuse myself. <laughs> like, it's, there's no, there doesn't seem to be any real motivation behind anything he does, he's just in it to amuse himself, and I fucking love characters like that. Mm. And I feel like that's what carried a lot of the experience for me.
2: Yeah, because no, like you're su- you're
0: supposed to be able to chain combos between the two characters, but like I've not really, like I've never really been able to get my head around it, and like well, it's not even particularly satisfying to do when you do do it. It's it's like when the
1: I the enemies about, um,
0: sorry, yeah, the, the enemies yeah. are kind of basic. The boss design is so meh. Hmm. But like the game the game looks pretty ish. I get the sense that maybe the, They didn't like doing faces so much is the thing. So like oh. the environments and stuff look pretty, but like there's just something about the faces that just seem like paper drawings. <laughs> yeah. On on an otherwise serviceable character model. Oh. The dialogues kind of like with the with a couple of exceptions cough, ergo is just kind of eh, and it's all delivered in sort of the same kind of smug condescending tone that makes me think all the characters are just like what a 13 year old would think cool sounded like
3: yeah,
0: like, oh and god you, I, I don't get the sense that many of the actors were given much direction beyond that if mm. then, in fact there's a very apparent lack of direction that i have like I've, I've not seen in the game since like the p s one era mm. Mm. uh the voice acting's all right like I'm willing to put most of the issues down to the like lack of direction and like the localization's not great mmm like, there's there's no massively egregious errors, but, like, there's just enough of them, and they're just constant enough that you're constantly reminded of it. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean.
3: Um, what, So, what, like, sorry. based
0: on the description I've just given you, like, it doesn't sound like something I should be recommending, but, like, someone put real effort into the lore. And, like, the some of the world-building stuff... But as upon further research, like, that's actually based on this larger, like, property. Mm. So now, full disclosure, I don't actually know how much of this is original to the game and how much of it is, like, taken directly from the property.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, the larger anima property. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess still having that stuff in the game is still a point in its favour, but it's, like, it it's possible that it's not the best way to experience any of that I so I kind of don't know that I can like, I guess I would recommend it in the sense of it being kind of a curio like cause I'm sort of an appreciator of janky shite <clears throat> across multiple mediums so like if you, if you if you appreciate a good bad game then I would still probably suggest you check it out Mm. But like as an actual serious recommendation, I'm not sure how earnestly I can make that at this point.
1: Well, what this is um what this is making me think of was um what I said about Aranis before was that I didn't mm-hmm. think that was an especially good game. But what what kept my interest and made me um like play through it, you you know what I mean. Um, yeah. What actually kept my interest and in stuff was um, the world building and the concept. But like,
0: hmm. if
1: it didn't have the whole thing about, um, if it didn't have all the plotline about um, trans women and turfs and things, and everything else was the same, I would have probably not actually bothered with it yeah so i think it's it's a case where a game seems better a lot better than it is at first glance because you're invested in the subject matter but then when you actually mm. get into it further you realize that it's not actually a great game
0: it's just it is yeah. what it is yeah i think like in this case like i knew i just knew from the outset that it wasn't like an objectively well designed game, but i I was kind of charmed by it regardless it had like sort of the room type charm mm. nonetheless, and there were like genuine bits of effort in there that I was willing to give it credit for, but with those genuine bits of effort potentially having been taken from somewhere else i I kind of like shaken on it slightly, yeah uh, I mm. think I'm still glad I mentioned it, mm, so sort of like looking back on the previous five minutes. (laughs) Uh, Because, yeah, I'm just finding, like, these days especially, I'm just, I'm more, I'm less interested in, like, how, like, objectively good, like, in as much as it can be objectively good in a subjective Mm. medium, a game, because there's a lot of really well-designed games, really good games that I like a lot. That I can say nothing about. Yeah. Because there's there's just Mm. not a lot there. That like Thumper I've played, Downwell I've played recently. Both of them I could, I would recommend other people play. I can't talk about them. Yeah. There's just there's just, I don't get anything from them. They are just like I just play them. (laughs) Like they're not things I make an effort to talk about in the same way that Anima Gate of Memories is, despite. Being, shit. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. It's, I don't know really if I could put it into
1: words, but I do understand. Yeah,
0: like, I can't recommend yeah. it as a game, but as a talking point, I definitely recommend that people look it up. Like at, at least okay. sort of like, like look look up like a bit of a playthrough at the very least, because
1: mm-hmm. I will do.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Uh, well, my recommendation is gonna be pretty short because there's not much that not much that I want to say especially. I just mm. um, can recommend to anyone who somehow hasn't looked at it or played any of it yet, I want to recommend Jackbox, or any of the Jackbox collections really. Mm.
3: Um,
1: Just because I think that it is the purest manifestation of using video games as a medium to party games. Just mm. the mm-hmm. just um the way the kinds of games that they do are games that you couldn't really do without them being video games. But they still manage to be exactly what is good for parties. Like, yeah, it's yeah. still
0: re- it's a kind the kind of game where it's still kind of reliant on people being there with you, but still makes effective use of the tools that it has. Yeah, exactly. And I
1: think it's finding that balance is what is what makes um, Jackbox one of very few uh, video game party games that I am actively invested in. But like, mm. I've never really gotten much out of anything of the sort before. The only thing that's come close isn't even really a party game, it's Smash Brothers.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, typically when you think, like, party game, you know, you've got your sort of, like, Towerfall and your... well, various Towerfall clones, but... <laughs> like, there may have been one that came before, I'm not I'm not sure, but, you but like, get, you, you don't like, get... Like, they're not really anything that far removed from like if you were just to like put on Street Fighter or something which was out like decades yeah. before. Whereas you don't you don't
2: get that many um social and creative party video games.
1: And there's not many things that are so similar to the the roots of what a party game is. Mm. I, I think that I think that if people want something for parties I'd say Jackbox is probably the best you're going to get in terms of video games as something mm. that is purely created for that kind of uh, situation yeah so I, d- I don't know whether there's there's physical games that I'd say are up there as well but there's also something a lot there's something to be said for being able to just switch the computer on and get everyone's phones out and just have everything you need yeah. set up
0: is that not, element to of like not have the the like lengthy setup involved and still have this thing that is it's geared around getting people to socialize yeah mm that that's what I that's the phrase I've been trying to grasp this entire time it's geared around like it's a socialization tool yeah it, it's yeah. specifically a social thing whereas like other games that you might think of as like being oh we can Someone comes around, we can like just break out that game and play through a few, few rounds of that for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you wouldn't I mean, think of Smash it could, Brothers. It could also that. not work that way. Whereas Jackbox, like that's specifically what it's designed for. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I was trying to say. I think. Cool. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's my recommendation. Good. Good. Oh. My recommendation. Is uh, a game I did a preview of last week called Iron Tides.
3: hmm
2: Uh Iron Tides, well I actually sorry, uh two weeks ago. Was it two weeks three oh, weeks.
0: Iron Tides.
2: Iron Tides, yes. I, th- I thought it was Iron Tides. No no no. <laughs> uh Iron Tides, which is a um it's it's kind of a tactical RPG in a similar way to um Shadowrun Returns or Wasteland. Um but it's also um a sort of survival strategy game where you have a a viking ship uh and that viking ship has um a a number of crew uh and it's quite roguelike in the sense that um that crew is randomly generated um out of a set number of classes and uh, appearances. And then they get the standard class ability and other abilities, and you're going around in the ship, um, exploring places, um, plundering loot, um, trying to complete objectives, mm-hmm. um, and um, it, it's all it's all um, procedurally generated, um, and there are um, like basic objective elements um, that you can find. Um, um, yeah, so you're going around in your ship um, and you're uh, keeping track of the supplies you have on your ship so your crew doesn't starve uh, and you're making sure everyone's healed up and you'll find random encounters um, and um, it's all um, it's all a, a top-down grid-based um, movement system when you're going around in your ship and when you enter a random encounter, often with pirates... Um, the the game will cut to um another top down movement perspective um but it will be on a ship or in a base somewhere in a cove um and you'll be able to uh you it's a turn based move move your crew members around um and try and um effectively plan a strategy that makes use of all of your um all of your crew members uh, abilities and it's interesting um trying to come up with new strategies on the fly when, say, um, one of your berserkers dies in the last battle, but you find a shipwreckage and the survivor is a Valkyrie, so you pick the Valkyrie up, and then when you're in your next encounter, you have to try and figure out, okay, how do I get these the, the Valkyrie's abilities to mesh in with the rest of my crew? It's really, really interesting. Um, I had a lot of fun. Um, played it for a couple of hours. I still need to get into it some more. Um bloody hard um, (laughs) once you get a couple of hours in but it's really really entertaining highly recommend it it's in early access at the moment Um, you can go to Steam now and buy it Um, and uh, I played uh, I think I I think I had a beta copy and um, it was it's it's one of the it's one of the early access games that's really polished and has a fair bit to it so it's one that I feel comfortable recommending
1: that's kind of how I felt when I recommended Black Mesa um but what I was going to say is that what this sounds to me like is a combination between um Sunless Sea and um Fire Emblem. Kind of yeah because yeah because uh random encounter based ship exploration and um then the whole idea of um doing turn based Strategy with um, characters with certain like individual attributes and abilities just sounds quite Fire Emblem to me.
2: Yeah, it, no it, it is basically Sunless Sea meets Fire Emblem. It's really, really fun. Uh, definitely give it a go if you get the chance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my game recommendation. Okay, well
1: um, if that is the case then do you think it's time for you to tell
2: people where to discover you? I think it is. Um, you can find me at uh, jaffameister.com, that's J-A-F-F-A-M-E-I-S-T-E-R.com, uh, where I violently mash communism into video games and talk about how it makes sense. Uh, you can also find me at youtube.com forward slash jaffameister, um, where just last Friday, um, the, the second episode of my series, Your Favours Communistic, went up which is a series where I try and convince my friends in games media that their video game characters, who are their favourites, are actually communists. And this most recent one was with um, Alice Bell from Video Gamer, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I tried to convince her that Solus from Dragon Age Inquisition is a communist. Um, a so boy. if you want to find out if I was successful, you should go watch that. Uh, and if you want to chat with me about video games or communism or gay shit... Um, you can follow me on Twitter at JaffaMeister, um, spelt exactly the same as the other two instances.
0: That sounded like gay shit, capitalised, like it's got TM on the end of it. Uh, Josh, you can find me on Twitter at JamTyrant. Uh, yeah, it's a Twitter page. What more do you want? You know, how, you know how the internet works. For God's sake, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, the Abominable Showman. I have put up a... Uh, recently put up a video of me playing The Swindle. Uh, quite oh near my. the end game of it. Uh, it's been an ongoing series for quite a while now. It's quite old footage. But it's still a fun game to look at, I feel like. It's certainly, it was certainly engaging to play, so I certainly hope it's as interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can also find me on Indie Haven writing about video games and things of that ilk, and sort of, sort of the thing, the things that they make me think about more than like what they're actually like. Deep hmm. thoughts. Sort of fi- if you will. Finding, finding ways to mash like psychology into it somehow, so I can basically turn it into an excuse to talk about myself on the sly. I might hey. be doing videos. Yes, I think I've already mentioned in this episode I'm planning to do a video review sort of more spoilery type look at pyre uh just because I think a video would work better for that mm-hmm. like, yeah I, I I just think about the like the process of like writing up my thoughts and kind of like going through all of them to make sure that I've got like the best way I could possibly express it and just stressing over that and I just think no, I'll just like physically talk about it
3: hmm.
0: 'Cause I just feel like I've like I've got the sort of like tone and in the intonation, I've got more tools at my disposal there I can convey it more easily without having to stress about it.
2: So, I might look
0: forward to it. I look forward yeah. to it. So I'm looking at video for like possibly a lot of my work now, so stay tuned for awesome. that. Yeah pointed at the microphone for emphasis. They can't see it, but I've let but them know now. But you can, so, and that's the most important thing. So retroactively, thing. they will remember that I did it, and it will have had the same effect in retrospect. A. Uh, shall I talk about myself now?
1: Yes, certainly. I am 21 years old. I live in England. I My hobbies are
0: horses and bees. <laughs> Nice. All of your hobbies are horses. And bees. And bees. Yeah. Which of your hobbies are bees and which of them are horses? All of them. You've not... They're bee horses. No. Just tell us what your fucking Twitter is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My Twitter is... chemmywords, C-H-E-M-Y words. Um, same with... uh. Patreon. I don't have any followers on there anymore, or, or money givers, so that would be nice if you came and did that. Um, uh, also, uh, I should very soon on my YouTube channel, which is just Elodie Cunningham, I should be putting up one scripted video, which I've finished the script and it's just more that I need to work out how I'm going to get the footage done. Um, and a unscripted uh, discussion video with a guest on some stuff, which I'm not going to talk too in-depth about because it's not finalised yet, but those should be up soon, hopefully. Um, You can also find me on Indie Haven, obviously. I haven't written anything in a while, but I started writing an article this week, so hopefully that'll be up soon. And yeah, I wrote the theme song, so just go to bandcamp.com slash chemical wordsmith. Nice rifles. Well, maybe it's com. It's that one, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. That's the one. Alright. Um, took me saying nice rifles to remind you of that. Thanks mm. for that. That was, that was the trigger phrase. That's like Literally. the Sleeper Agent code word.
1: Literally mm. a trigger phrase because of the fact that rifles
0: yeah, have triggers a, on them. It's a sly <laughs> little, like, cheeky little cheeky little extra pun I threw in there. Yeah. You can mm. have that for free for a price. Pay me, please. All right, so that's the end of the podcast. That'd be fucking cheeky if you just started demanding money because people heard a pun you said. <laughs>
1: That'd be fun. Is that your wonder advice? If I could,
0: wonder if I could make that a lucrative thing. Now I've got a different bit of advice okay. for you. Give your advice then. To, clo- to close out the show, we all know we want to end on some words of wisdom from the other one on the podcast. mm. Hmm. And and to you, I say this, never look back on where, without what you could have done, but always to be looking forward towards the, the thing where the, the Freedom Boys dance there. Mary had a little lamb. <laughs> Bye. (laughs) Bye. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Podhaven.